0: Hey, what's up guys? This is Clint McGill and welcome to part two of the interview with Alan Jager. And for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, Alan covered a lot on arm care and on long toss. And we kind of pick up right where that interview left off and uh, Alan talking about all the benefits of, of you know long toss and doing it correctly and doing it the different way that, that they suggest and have seen the results. And one thing that he talks about is sort of the freedom that comes with long toss and sort of the meditation that comes along with it, right? And that's such a weird word for a lot of people. I know it was for me with uh, like what exactly a meditation is, but just being able to get into the zone and into the flow, you know, air quotes and uh how do you do that and you know a lot of that is just getting out of your own way and alan has some really good strategies that uh, he's going to share with you in this interview and uh, we could have did it to part three and four and five with alan he's just such a wealth of knowledge but uh, anyway we wrapped it up here with two so i think you're gonna like it so so before we get started let's get to the review of the week Clint, I've been coaching my son, currently 11U, since T-Ball. Somewhere around 8U, we started a semi-competitive team, hand-selected the best guys from our rec league and started playing all the local leagues in sort of a year-round all-stars kind of thing. My son started out as a line drive hitting little machine. Somewhere along the way, he lost his confidence and I always had the fear that it was due to me keeping him at the back of the lineup, kind of a reverse daddy ball situation. His hitting started to fall off, along with that came the tears and bad attitude after and at bat. I did everything I could to coach him out of it, being his coach. As his dad, I tried to reassure him how much we love him and how much none of this really matters, but nothing seemed to work. Then my wife forwarded me your website. It didn't take long for me to say, let's do it, I'll try anything right now. He and I watched the first lesson together the whole time I was thinking, man, this sounds like what I've been trying to tell him, but I stayed quiet. He seemed to be taking it in better, maybe coming from somebody other than dear old dad. We watched the whole series before this past weekend's game. Driving to the game he was explaining what he had learned to his mom, mostly focusing on quieting self one so that self two could get to work. I asked him how he was going to do it and he responds with the math questions. So the first at bat he steps up in a tight game and he hammers a line drive over the shortstop's head. seemed to hype up the whole team as we ended up putting up four runs that inning his being the first run of the game. I asked him what math problem he thought of, and he said, actually, I sang Happy Birthday. It was the only song I could think of. And as good as all that sounds, the best thing of the season happened in his next at-bat. He struck out swinging at a well-pitched changeup. And after missing the ball, he turned around to come back to the dugout and almost had a little smile on his face, kind of like a, you got me that time, but I'm still good. I've never been happier than to see him handle a failure so well. My wife and I are so grateful for your work. We plan to have him rewatch the videos every so often just to remember. Blessings, David. Well, David, thank you so much for taking the time to send that in. And uh, man, as much as I love to hear about people playing better after they watch the program, my favorite thing to hear is that they are failing better. Because there is just no avoiding failure in this game, right? And once we learn to fail better, there's really no limits on what we can accomplish. So anyways, thank you so much for sending that in. And uh, without further ado, let's get to part two with Alan Jager.
1: Um, That kind of, I want to transition into the mental game. I really want everybody at home to hear you talk about that. And uh, you said that it can be really freeing with the long toss uh, mentally. I'm, I'm interested in what you meant by that. What what do you mean exactly?
2: Because when you long toss and and you're not trying to throw the ball on a line or you're not trying to stay mechanically perfect, if you will, which to me feels very left brain-ish, very technical, very linear. um, To me, you're you're pulling into play nature, more of a natural feeling. Meaning if I'm not thinking about mechanics, but I'm just thinking about letting my arm be free and throwing the ball with some arc. And now the further out we go, I'm having to feel different release points and I'm having a sense where you are in space as my throwing partner, even though a lot of that becomes very unconscious and very natural. What you're doing is you're activating more of that. Not more. I think you're activating almost completely unless you're thinking about your mechanics. You're activating that real feeling of of an, in intuitiveness, instinctiveness. You're you're being an athlete. You're being natural, which to me is where you want to be in sports and in life. So where long toss really promotes that feeling is, is because you're making these throws again with different variables going on. Your release point is changing. Your, your, your shoulders are going to have to tilt a little more, a little more, a little more. You're, you're going to have to figure out how do I hit my partner in the chest with 22 degree arc and 31 degree arc and at 118 and at 208 and at 311, all these different footages, you know, you're, or, you know, or, uh, parameters or whatever the word is, I can't think of but all these different (laughs) spots. We'll use the word spot. Um, to me, you're, you're just calling into play more of this relaxation. I, my, my partner, Jim Vatcher, and we, we would throw all the time back in the day. And we did a lot of clinics. And when he and I went on through, we literally called it a meditation for us. It was an art form. Throwing became an art. It was a feel, um, it was a it was a great reliability on your your intuition, and to me it it feels totally right brain. And if you study the zone, the zone is basically the state of of being outside of you know thought and concept and future and past, and it's all feel. It's all it's all flow. And to me, that's maybe the word uh, a good word to, to talk about with long toss is you, it's a flow. You get into a flow with it.
1: I agree. It sounds like one of those things where you can kind of get out of your, you know, you're not worried about the elbow and your separation out of your hands and where's your wrist, and uh, just kind of let your body figure it out. So, uh, so let's talk about the flow a little bit. Um, you know, the, you know, being, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like this is this is the this is what people are struggling with. You know, okay. um, people aren't being taught how to handle their mind and uh, the baseball. You know, the base game of baseball provides so many opportunities for people to fail. And so many times, uh, so much opportunity for people to think, right? Like it's like we're being, uh, at the free throw line, uh, or, you know, being frozen as a kicker, you know what I mean? That's what pitchers are doing and hitters are doing at all times. And you have all this thought. So, um, what's a way that, that you teach that can help somebody to control their mind? What, what's, what's, what's your go-to?
2: Well, first of all, I just want to go back over something you said that's really important. Um. I used to say baseball and golf are the two toughest sports. And I I, I usually gave the edge to golf, but just hearing you talk, I, I almost think it might be baseball. And for this reason, you know, golf, you, you make a shot unless you're putting, you know, let's say every three or four minutes. And so in my mind, I thought, well, that's a pretty big gap from shot to shot with so much emphasis on each shot because par is usually about 72. So there's a lot of emphasis on it. But then I started thinking, well, wait a minute, you only get one at bat every 30 minutes. There's a lot of emphasis on that. Now, pitchers, it's, you could say, you know, you're making a pitch every 40 seconds or whatever the number is. Um, But no matter what, whether you're a golfer or a baseball player, there is a lot of dead time. And again, if you study the zone, the zone is, there is no time, there is no future, there is no past, there is no consequences. There's an immersion with what's happening now, and and that's much harder to do in baseball and golf as opposed to hockey or football or basketball, unless you're the place kicker, uh, unless you're maybe the goalie on a shootout, because those sports, things are flying around. And yeah, free throw shooters and basketball, same idea, but most of the time in those sports, it's movement, it's things are happening. You, you have to go into kind of your instinct mode. There's not a lot of time to think. And in baseball and golf, um, there is just so much dead time. Again, there's whether it's 30 or 40 seconds between pitches for both the pitcher and the hitter, that's dead time. And the infielder, they've just been thinking about the out
1: they made two innings ago. They're still, you know, they, they get, you know, 30 chances per half inning to think about something, you know? So, um, so what, so what can we do? What can we do to help control that mind from, you know, trying to be in the future or in the consequence, uh, what's what's something that, uh, a technique we can use?
2: Well, number one is I always talk about the mental game with two main categories. One is, um, you know, how you approach the game. So we use the concept of game management. And two, what are you doing each day? Like a practice, like round balls and fly balls to, to develop mental skills. And they both go hand in hand. So for the, the simplest way to say this, you know, for for our purposes to manage the game best and to get out of all the thoughts and all the consequences and all the future and all the external stuff going on around you is have what we call a process, meaning pick one or two things depending upon where you're at on the field and identify what one or two things you need to do to execute your plan perfectly. So as a quick example, as a pitcher, for me, I would want to take a deep breath. One, two, I'd want to have a focal point of where I'm going, which I, I like the word intention there, focal point, um, a word I, I know, um, focal point gives me the intent of where I'm going to go. And then my third word is conviction or attack, which is I'm completing the intention. So I have a breath, I have a focal point and I attack. So if I, if I just do those three things, and my brain keeps defaulting to those three things, I'm going to have the best game of my life. I know that based on who I am. May I still give up a few swinging bunts or a few flares? Is it possible if I'm not having a great, if I'm not uh, prepared as well as I I could be from throwing or bullpens? Doesn't mean I'm going to have the perfect game, but I'm in the perfect position to execute as well as I can based on my level. Um, So a hitter, it would be, breath again, Um, it would be see the ball well and hit the ball hard. So again, I've learned through many, many years of playing baseball and experimenting that at the end of the day, if I do those simple things, um, I'm in the best position possible. So what I would want anybody listening to this podcast to, to take away from that is that whether you're pitching, hitting, taking a secondary lead, you have a six foot putt, it's all the same. You're in a class listening to your professor. It's all the same pick one or two things that you know are the keys to you being great at executing that plan. And then once you do that, here's the cool part. You now realize that everything else is a distraction or what I like to call drama. Everything else is outside of your process. So the process is like a couple of constants, which is beautiful. And then everything else is variables and everything else. I'm just saying more or less is either a distraction, a worry, a future, a past, a consequence, a result, a stat, uh, who's watching today, who are we playing today? What's the weather like today? So that would be the game management piece is to, uh, one of my, one of my key favorite tweets, identify your process and be great at it. And I put great all in caps. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is drama. Process, that is the process. So, that's one great takeaway. And the second one um, that, that covers really the, the, the game approach. Yeah, we can talk about a lot of things about the game and, and adjusting to the game. But if someone said, give me your best two minutes, that's it. The second piece is having a mental practice every day, not three days a week, not twice a month. Um, you eat every day, you sleep every day, you drink every day. I, I think for athletes, they train every day for the most part. Um, uh, if you want to be great, at all parts of the game, considering the mental game is 90% or more and much higher at the highest levels, like 99%, not much right. higher, but you know, very high, have a practice. And a lot of people will say, well, what is a practice? Like it's, it could be very nebulous. What does that really mean? So again, to keep it simple, and we got tons of free stuff on YouTube and on our website, but to keep it simple is have some kind of a practice where you, get away from your phones, you turn it off, you find a quiet place. You start out by with maybe five minutes and hopefully build up to 15 or 20 minutes and you do something with either your breathing or a mantra or having a certain focus or laying on the beach. But whatever you do is you spend time getting quieter and you spend time allowing your body to relax. And quiet doesn't always mean making your thoughts go away. Quieter just means starting to step back from your thoughts. So if thoughts are going on, you realize that's okay. But I'm not going to engage in the thoughts. I'm going to watch them. And I'm going to return back to either breathing or counting my breath or laying on on the beach. So, again, it's a simple answer for 27 years of meditating. But at the end of the day, have a practice because I, I really believe it's not a guilt trip, but if you don't have a practice and your mind is the engine to the car, it's like saying that you don't need to put fuel or oil in the car or, or oil you know, for the engine or whatever. It, it's, uh, to me, it's like putting the cart before the horse. It starts with the mental game. So in my opinion, the most important thing you're gonna do each day, yeah, you have to do the physical skills to stay in shape. But if we all agree the game's gonna be 90% mental or more, how are you not watering that plan every day? So right. have a practice. And then we just gave all your listeners at least, for me, 27 years into a couple of minutes of what I think is just the bottom line takeaway of, of having a routine or, an, or a, a mental approach in game situations that could overnight make some pretty big positive changes for you.
1: Yeah, no, I've experimented a little bit with uh, some meditations and yoga and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'd love to tell everybody that I CrossFit, you know, but uh, I feel like yoga, there's just something to it with the breathing and just sort of, you know, getting inside your body. Um, So when you say, you know, having a practice on there, you know, I understand getting away, getting a little bit quiet, understanding that, uh, you know, just being aware of your thoughts, aware of your, you know, your feelings. I, I like what I like to do is I like to feel my shirt on my back, like just kind of put my mind on there. And it sort of stops the, the outside chatter for a little bit. Um, now, how does that work in a game? Like, are, you know, if we're in the on-deck circle and we're starting to get hyped up, um, does that practice sort of help you to you know, keep the, the thoughts, the little gremlins, from going out of troll in the game time? Like, is, is that uh, how that works?
2: Well, basically, if you come from the premise, which is another one of my favorite tweets, which is, you become what you practice. Well, the more time you spend meditating and breathing and relaxing and breathing and relaxing and quieting your mind and clearing your mind and letting thoughts go and letting distractions go and coming back to your breathing and coming back to your breathing and coming back to your breathing, to your breathing. see what's happening is rendering a practice right now. That's the way I want to be in a game or talking to my friends or whatever. So the idea is that if you have a practice every day, you start to change literally, physiologically, psychologically. Emotionally, spiritually, you start to change yourself toward this other default that maybe we're used to thinking about the bases or loader or there's a scout in the stands or there's not a scout in the stands or I'm two for three or I'm for three. You know, we're used to thinking about stuff like that. That's all drama. Well, to change that default, which has a lot of practice, it's really important to create a new practice where now you're defaulting to your breathing, to being quiet, to focal points, to relaxation, to clearing your mind, to understanding if thoughts come in your head, it's okay to let them be and not fight them. So now when you get into the game and you're in the batter's box, back to your earlier question or point, you take some breaths because you're doing breathing exercises every day or some form of meditation that usually involves breathing or can involve your breathing. You're in the on-deck circle. Well, now maybe the thoughts don't really want to come up to begin with because you've been working on letting stuff go. Secondly, if they do come up, you have strategies and tools in place to say, oh, there's thoughts. That's what I do in my meditation. I hear thoughts. I let them go. And then three, you hear thoughts. You let them go because you have a process to go to. In the on-deck circle, you're like, well, when I get up there, it's breathe, see the ball well, hit it hard. Well, you can start working on that in the on-deck circle. You don't have to wait to you get right. up there. You can work on that, by the way, four hitters away. You can start breathing, getting quiet, do the stuff you're doing away from the field so that all that translates unconsciously and naturally onto the field.
1: Yeah, no, I know that um, You know, as you get older, you go up that that ladder. I mean, even high school, college range, you know what I mean? You're going to see that the guys who are successful versus the guys who aren't, Um, are indistinguishable in batting practice almost. You know what I mean? Like everybody's talented, everybody's hitting the ball hard, everybody's got the talent, but it's the guys who kind of can control their mind, can have, you know, minimize their outbursts are the ones that are going to be successful. So I think there needs to be a lot more instruction at the younger levels on how to do that. I mean, the people are just sort of defaulting into maybe they bump into, you know, a successful approach, uh, you know, maybe they find you know somebody that's that's teaching this, but it's just not being taught enough. So it's so important for people to be you know really paying attention to this sort of thing. So um Alan, before we go, is there any parting words that you would have for the audience here before we go, something that they would need to hear?
2: I, I would just finish up on the theme we're on, which is um, you know if you want to change the way you think or change the way you feel or um, really tap into this part of the game that everybody agrees is is such a major influence on your career and really on your life Um, establish a practice do something each day to start maybe letting old stuff go that's not serving you to start putting yourself in a state of mind that's more conducive to you feeling happier more at peace more confident more, more in tune with yourself i mean we're just scratching the surface of the benefits of mental practice and meditation and things like that but you know, at the end of the day, I would just say, you know, there's endless amounts of free information on YouTube and Google about <laughs> whether it's meditating, whether it's breathing exercises, whether it's relaxation, whether it's visualization. Um, but do something to where you can start to have a practice each day, man. It's a it's a way of life for me, and I I, I think that uh, like you said, if you can get that into kids at a young age, so that they start growing up with that rather than growing into some of these other programming or patterns that you know <laughs> can be very dramatic filled or drama filled i i just think that if we really want to help out the next generation uh, and the generation after that and so on man like you said get to the kids and start i i would encourage every coach out there you don't have to be a, a master in, in teaching a guided breathing exercise but start out fi- your first five minutes of practice. Just slowing down, getting quiet, maybe counting your breath from one to 20 takes you three minutes, but start creating an environment where when kids are going to do physical practice, they understand there's a, there's the, the mental component is more important and start to make mental practice, not talking about, Hey guys, I want everybody to relax today and really focus on pitch to pitch, which is great advice. But I want to get in the system. I want the breath or the mental practice to become part of their fiber so that it has a chance to be part of their life going forward rather than, again, some of the the programming that's out there. Because let's face it, there's a lot of, I know I'm going a little tangent here, but but there's, (laughs) there's there's a lot of distractions out there now more than ever, more than five years ago, more than 20 years ago, more than 100 years ago it's exponential, the amount of distractions, whether it's the cell phone, social media, video games, it's, I don't need to tell you, it's out there. And to me, that's, I, I know there's a positive to it too, of course, but man, it, it feels like it's, it's just promoting so much stuff and drama and noise and distraction. And if you study the zone, the zone is void of all of that. Think about that. The zone, which is your best state of mind, not only as an athlete, it's your best state of mind as a person, is void of that noise.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think I think you're spot on. I mean, there's uh, I think the rise of meditation and yoga and that sort of thing here in the United States is directly proportionate to kind of the rise in the cell phone usage. And they talk about how many times you touch your phone in an average day, and it's like two thousand. It's something crazy. And uh, you know, for kids to be able to direct, develop a practice early on. Is just going to be beneficial. Just introduce it to them and, and sort of take it as we go. Sounds like the best way to go. So, um, Alan, we'll put links to all of that stuff. He's got some great YouTube resources, um, jagersports.com, uh, Twitter. Is there anywhere else that we can, that we can find you
2: at jagersports on Twitter and Instagram and jagersports.com is the website. It's nowadays it's as easy as it gets, as you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I mean, like I said, Alan's just, uh, really a gem in, in this industry, guys. Uh, he's a genuine guy. He's everybody's favorite guy. You talk about Alan Jager and they're like beaming about him. And so quality guy has just fantastic resources on arm care. Um, you know, the long toss programs, a lot of free information on his website. You can download, I mean, the guy's given more away than he should be. And, uh, anyway, just a fantastic resource. And we're just very thankful for you to be here with us here, Alan. So, uh, so we appreciate your time very much.
2: Well, Clint, like I said earlier, uh, If I didn't say it, let me make sure I say it now, but thank you for not only having me on, but thanks for what you're doing to help bring education out there to the masses. And uh, uh, again, it's been a treat to be part of um, this project with you. So, So thanks for you doing this and thank you for having me on.